Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I feel like you should really appreciate your come up. It's the most romantic part of your career. When you get past all the bullshit, then you're like, really, this was great. And it did happen for a reason, and the universe did make it go this way. A lot of the relationships that we put ourselves through are very temporary. People come in your life for a reason. Those reasons are the stories that you tell to other people. I think it's such a beautiful time right now where people are really being encouraged to celebrate their culture and celebrate their differences and celebrate things that we've maybe been made to feel ashamed of. Yo, what's up? What's up? It's Sean Leon. Hi, it's Myrna. What's up, guys? This is Khalid. Hey, what's up? It's Ali. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. My name is Cheddar. I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. My special guest is from Halifax, Nova Scotia. He goes by the name of Quake Matthews. This is, I had to look back, man, and go to our website and our archives. This is his fifth appearance on the Come Up Show podcast since 2012. We've been supporting him through the radio show, written articles. And the last time I caught up with Quake, he quit his job at a bank to pursue music full time. And we talk about that. We talk about his brand new EP, Drinking Games, that is out right now on all streaming services and so much more. Quake Matthews on the Come Show podcast. Let's go. Please introduce yourself. It's Mr. Matthews. Quake Matthews here, man. Back on the Come Up Show. I think this is like my fourth time. No stranger. Been rocking with Chetto for a goddamn minute. I wake up Sunday morning, head bumping, it's mad bright Looking at the mirror like, when will I stop this fast life? Eyes like two brake lights, jump in the shower, been washed off last night Flashbacks replaying like sports and the highlights Except they low lights from seeing double through my eyesight Damn, phone ringing, it's my dad saying You ready to go, right? It said, I could barely move I'm rolling back off the couch to grab my shoes Mumbling to myself as I'm stumbling Saying I'm quitting booze Cause it brings out the anxiety that's tying me to you And my liver's fighting back Cause it's tired of the abuse So the stress is setting in But the best thing for the blues is my grandma's cooking Man, how long has the come-up show been established as an actual thing, as an actual show? The Come Up Show has been going since 2007, your fourth time. So you, you're actually in, getting in the class of like, you know, at the top tier. Uh, like you're in a class where not a lot of people are at in terms of being interviewed that many times on the Come Up Show. Man. Yeah, 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 man. I've been watching this since I was young. I remember, you know, from the very beginning. And uh, I think I think I heard Decisive has the record or something like that. Is yeah. Decisive have the most interviews or who is it? It's the, between Decisive and Classified. And as we know, Classified is releasing a new album. So Classified is probably going to hold the record. Man. Oh, my God. I'm always behind Dad. No matter what I do, always trying to catch up to <laughs> Dad, man. <laughs> Shout out to Dad, Luke Boyd, a.k.a. Classified, the, the guy, the yeah, guy. I don't know. Yo, by the way, have you heard uh, the new single that he just released with Tory Lanez? Yes, I did. I, and I'm very proud of him because I think that's stepping outside of what, you know what I mean, what he normally does. And, and he even, like, I know he got... Uh, he got some 808s on there, like some shit you would never hear from him before. So yeah. I, I'm very happy that that he's continuing to push his boundaries and, and step outside his box, man. He's always evolving, always inspiring me. So big shout out to dad, man. He raised me right. I'm going to ask him about that because, yeah, because 
that's 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 you know that the cool thing that I'm finding right now. Yes. So if you guys cold one, cold love or cold something, love, cold yeah. love, uh, classified has a new two one with Tory Lanes, and um, but he still has his flavor and it was their samples and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. No, it's it's super yeah. dope. Like it's like and it's just unexpected. Like classified featuring Tory Lanes. So I'm I'm just I, you know I mean it's inspiring. Like I'm I'm happy that he's still pushing the envelope and uh, you know because a lot of older artists when they get to a certain point they uh they conform and you know they're stuck in their ways. Like oh I don't want to do this new shit. This shit is all garbage. It's not like it used to be. So it's it's kind of cool to see that. He's evolving and like like I said, throwing some eight oh eights or having Tory Lanes and it's a new sound. So I, I like to see he's still experimenting. It shows me that, you know, there's there's uh I can age gracefully as well. Like it's inspiring, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, obviously and, and speaking of that, we got you being a definitely a hip hop fan. Uh, what do you make of this whole Eminem thing that's going on right now? I actually do wanna have this conversation with you because you know, we we obviously love Eminem yeah. uh, and social media. There's like a whole narrative, you know, that Eminem is out of touch. Mm. And, you know, I'm just going to leave it there. What do you make this whole, what do you make of this whole Eminem thing? Um, man, I love, like watching those Sway interviews, I love the passion he still has it for it. Like when you see him talking about it, like you can see when, when he's talking about people uh, discrediting him or whatever, Sway's asking those type of questions. You can see he's visibly upset. Like when he's talking about the Machine Gun Kelly thing, he's like, shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just like, if, if I was that rich and the, like legend goat, like I would probably just be like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like suck my dick. Like, but he, you could tell he's such a true competitor and he literally cares about the craft. It, like you could tell it's nothing about the money. It's nothing about sales and I love it because I think he came in his career firing shots and I think he's going out firing shots emptying the clip so I think I'm super happy for him I wasn't really big on the revival and a couple things before that but I think now he's back on the right track and you know what I think that he needs he needs that fuel, you know, that people discrediting him or talking shit about him. And and, and I think he, he's one of those artists that needs that fuel to get that level where he's at. Otherwise, you're just rich, bored. Like, you're like, what do I do? You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, I'm glad he has that competition because I think it lit a fire under him. And I think that he's he's still going strong, man. Yeah. Like, what can you say, man? The guy's a legend, man. The guy is a legend. So... But MGK clapped back. We were we surprised by MGK's actual diss and the whole thing. Like, were we like, yo, M- MGK actually? Had the I, I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, actually, I don't know. I was. I, I can't you watch the watch yeah. it. Right? I can't say I was surprised, but yeah. like, I think that's the first person to actually have the balls to come at him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I respected it. I was like, oh, this is dope. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Because if you think about it, like, who who really gave him like a run for his money and actually like hit him? Like I can't really think of, so to me I was like, oh shit! But then when he came back with the the uh, I think it's called the one shot kill uh, kill shot kill shot, and it's like coming at Diddy and all that. Then at the end, you know I still love you, Diddy. Like man, I felt like a kid again. Like I was so happy, man. <laughs> I'm so happy for him because I know how mu- I don't know the guy, but I know how much this music means to him, and I know that all he's ever wanted in his career is to be respected as an MC. I know it's never been about money. It's never been about anything. It's about being respected by his peers and his for his craft. And so I can see the passion, and I'm glad that the fires lit back under him, mm. and I'm happy for him, man. Mm. Yeah, man. Uh, it's exciting. Yeah. It's definitely exciting. And I guess I want to come from the perspective of like, um, I think because you're just a true hip hop rap fan, 
uh, where people are making fun of Eminem for being too much punchlines, too lyrical, too calling it dictionary rhymes or whatever in this age of vibes that we're living in and people want to turn up and like it may not be about super lyrical like what do you make of that i think there's a i've always felt there's a confusion with the word lyrical because okay if you think about it if we're talking about a folk song or like a classic rock song and you say lyrical what does it mean? It means the lyrics are very visual. They're telling a great story. It doesn't mean they're rhyming a million syllables. So, like, I, I always find that line is drawn weirdly in hip-hop because it's like, if I say, I'll hit you in the esophagus with a soccer kick and drop your shit to the talker shit, like, it's like, okay, is that lyrical? I'm not really saying anything. Is that So, to me, I find the definition of lyrical is misconstrued because, to me, lyrical is... Like having, you know what I mean? It's not necessarily how much you can rhyme, but it's like the content in which you're saying it and finding the balance in between. And so, I don't know, like I just feel that whole view is distorted. But um, to bring it back to the Eminem question, I feel that for somebody who has literally done everything, I, I saw an interview, he said it's like, picture a blank canvas and every song you do, you're stroking on the canvas and then at the end, the canvas is filled up and you're trying to find space that you haven't done before. So it's like, I feel like he has, he, he's hit that ceiling. He's did it at such a high level. Like, where else does he go? And it's just like, I feel that could be confusing maybe for him as an artist. But, you know, um, I could never say anything bad about him. But the only thing I would say is maybe like, like, I don't know, maybe the content. Like, it's like, we already know you can rap better and rhyme better than everyone. But like, that slow down flow that he used to have, you, you like, that's shit, like... I think that's not out of the ballpark either. Like, maybe try some of that again. Mm. But who am I to give fucking my opinion <laughs> on fucking Eminem? You know what I mean? Like, this guy's a legend. I'm just speaking as a pure fan. Pure fan. Like, this guy's one of the greatest of all time. But I, I could see, like, how it would get frustrating for him mm. or the spot he's in because you've already done anything, everything. So mm. where do you go from there? True. And everyone is criticizing literally everything you do, and it's skewed 50-50. So, oh, he's doing too many punchlines. Oh, he's not doing enough punchlines. Oh, he, you know what I mean? So it's like... Song with Ed Sheeran. Yeah, like yeah. it's like, and when they hated on that fucking Walk on Water song, yeah. I was pissed because, like, man, when I heard that song, that was one of the last songs, and this happened very few times, that actually like made me kind of tear up. Like when I was listening to that song, I was like, oh my god, like I feel this pain. Like I relate as an artist what he's going through right now, and for people to come out and be like, oh, that's a pop radio song on uh, featuring, like, did you even listen to what he's saying on the song, like? Mm. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I think people are so quick to judge. And in these days with the internet, everybody got a goddamn opinion. And it used to be like just magazines or outlets. Now, anybody with a fucking cell phone can type their opinion. And it, you know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy, man. But yeah, nothing but respect for Eminem. Legend. 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 You better respect your legends. Yes. Um, put Jesse Reyes on there twice. That's a beautiful look, man. That's a beautiful look. Yes, well, let's talk about that because, uh, you know, I, I was talking about that in our socials. This week, uh, Jesse Reyes, yeah, Eminem in that interview. Obviously, Eminem put her on the album twice on Kamikaze. And then, but then in the interview with Sway said, that girl is special. She's going to blow it up. I've met a lot of people that... Uh, who have a lot of talent but don't blow but I think she's going to be different and so that was a win for Canadian music what else happened um, 
1985, uh, the producer for Hotline Bling or whatever produced a song for Ma- Mariah Carey. I love, uh, I love how you say uh, the biggest record ever, uh, Hotline Bling or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just saying Canadian music is winning. Canadian music is doing a lot of things. So I wonder how that is, uh, Quake, for you when, you, when, you, when you're traveling around and then people know you're from Canada. Is there any different things from now? now to like say a few years ago five years ago i, I think yeah. so for sure uh you know especially i go to atlanta a lot and when they when they know i do music and i'm from canada they, they always say the six the six oh drake they, they, uh-huh. you know what i mean where, where before it probably wasn't wasn't there was never probably an artist that broke through on that level like i don't mm-hmm. think that 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 so i think anyone doing great from this country is a win for all of us and because they're opening doors and they're shining spotlights like when i saw eminem uh big up jesse reyes and say he she thinks or he thinks sorry that she's gonna blow up like i literally got goosebumps because like i i almost watched it as if he's saying it about me you know what i mean because like the first time i've ever met jesse reyes was in a basement in atlanta like probably five years ago she was doing a little showcase uh, we were both on a3c not many people there i know her management uh, ruiz and byron shout out to them good dudes and like you know what i mean and then Fast forward, I'm in London doing my tour for Celebrate the Struggle, and she has a show in London, and they invite me out to it. And uh, UK, by the way, not Shadows London. I was like, which one? My London? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, London, England. And, uh, and there was probably about, like, maybe 200, 300 people, and she played, and they were singing her lyrics back, and, and she said on the mic, like, she started crying. She's like, I never experienced people over here knowing my lyrics before and like so I kind of feel like I got to see her rise just being friends with Ruiz and uh and Byron and 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 seeing her climb to now where she is today like it's just incredible I feel proud like I was walking up the street Main Avenue where I'm from in Fairview and I'm like the bus stop that's right on the corner like perpendicular to my street like there's a big Jesse Reyes uh picture and like I taped I'm like I taped it sent it to them like I'm proud of you guys you know what I mean like I watched it all it, it makes me strive for more so I just think anybody doing great things for this country is inspiring and a lot of people are the opposite they're like you know what I mean why do they get all this shine or what you know what I mean you know how it is in, in, in rap you know what I mean so it's like to me I look at it different to me I, I I'm proud and happy and and it gives me something to strive for so I'm proud of everyone doing the thing yeah man uh it's a beautiful thing and it's a beautiful time uh, to be a Canadian artist as well, too. Uh, you spoke about Atlanta and A3C. Uh, are you going this year or no? Yeah, yeah, I go every year, man. This you probably, go every year? Every year. This How many years? This is probably like my sixth year. Wow. Yeah. Every, amazing. Every year, man. Uh, shout out to everyone in Atlanta. Like, man. That, I'm going this year, too, by the way. Yeah. It's going to be my first time. Let's link up. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll show you the ropes. But, like, that is literally a place that reminds me of, of home the most. How? The most. Because, like, it's just the hot... There's a lot of black people in Atlanta. Yeah, it rem- there's a lot of black people in Nova Scotia, too. The- Scotian, yeah. Nova Scotia has the largest and the first ever black community in Canada, North Preston. True. You know what I mean? The underground... North Rail- Preston. The Underground Railroad went there. It's- Let's go. Teach us the history. Yeah. The ind- <laughs> that's the first uh, That's the first ever black community in Canada and still the largest to this day in Nova Scotia. The Underground Railroad stopped there. And that's... North Preston. North Preston, man. Okay, wow. You t- you're teaching me something. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Look up the history. But, yeah. But it's not uh, it's not a racial thing. Why it reminds me of home? Yeah. Uh, it's actually just the hospitality. Like they, when you know when they, Luda said Ooh. Southern hospitality. Like yeah. everybody's so nice and polite. And if you, st- everyone is so fucking polite and nice and pleasant. Like 
And it's the same way we're back home. Like in Toronto, you try to stop and ask for directions or what, whatever it is. Like it's just the hustle and bustle. Like everyone has their place to be and no one really, you know, takes time to smell the flowers. And I feel like Atlanta, they take time to smell the flowers. They're very polite. It's very conversational and, and, and everyone wants to help you and guide you and direct you. And everyone's just so pleasant. You know, and it reminds me of home. But also, of course, there's, you know, any place. It's not all 100% like that. But for the majority, like, it's been good experiences. So I love it there, you know? Yeah, you know what? Uh, when I went to the East Coast Music Association a couple of years ago in, uh, in Sydney, Nova Scotia, my first time uh, being... Uh, K-Bread, Wapa? You went to K-Bread, Neva? Yeah. <laughs> You're right, Ricard, uh, about the East Coast hospitality. Because when I was coming out of my hotel room and, like, the cleaning of the hallway, like... I was getting so much love and hospitality that I was caught off guard. I was like, yo, what's going on here? Yeah. I couldn't believe it. It's crazy. Yeah. And, like, if you go, like, certain places like Newfoundland, like, yeah. it's even, like, it catches me off guard. Yeah. Like, you walk down the street and people are like, hey, how you doing today? Yeah. What? Like, it, I, I remember I was walking down the street. I had a show in Newfoundland, one of my first times. I was walking down the street, and this guy had his poutine. The poutine looked slamming. I was like... Yo, like, where'd you get that poutine? He's like, oh, just down the road. He's like, here, you want a bite? Like, I'm just like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, that yeah. shit would never happen, like, you know what I mean? Anywhere else, you know? going to share your food. Yeah, like, yeah. I declined a bite, by the way, but just yeah. just the offer was, yeah. was fascinating. Thank you. I yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, but I don't know you like yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Brand new EP, uh, September 21st. It's going to be out by the time like, people hear this. Drinking Games, what is it about? Drinking games. Okay, so basically, drinking games can be taken two ways. It can be taken in the literal sense. We all know drinking games, flip cup, ping pong, whatever you play while you're drinking. But the second deeper meaning is basically the mind games that you have within you, yourself, throughout the summer months, as well as you trying to maintain a relationship through the summer months leading into the fall. And basically... A lot of people do it. Like you said earlier, the summer months make you drink more. They make you make stupid decisions. The hot weather makes us crazy. It makes you want to do things you didn't do before. And being in a relationship, you know, it's kind of hard during those months to keep that together. And so basically is the turmoil and trying to keep that together. And all of a sudden the summer ending, you know, when the fall hits and it's like, damn, I just fucked up the best thing of my life. Now I want you back. That's kind of the last song. And so it's, you know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people can relate to that because we all know how the summer makes us. It makes us crazy. It makes us make dumb decisions, drink, maybe get curious uh, for other women, step outside of a relationship. Like, it does that. And so that's. I just want to show that story because I know that so many people can relate to that. What's the last song called? It's called If It's Not Too Late. If It's Not Too Late. So it's like basically Rhea May sings the hook. She says, if it's not too late, I want to love you. It's like, I just fucked this whole shit up throughout the summer, and now I regret it. Um, the hang, um, um, you know what I mean? The fall is back, and I have nobody. And I, You know what I mean? And it's even like uh, that Fab song. Remember he said cuffing season. Like the winter, you always want someone by your side because you're not going out. You want a warm body next to you. Yeah, you're not going out. Yeah. You're, you're in the house. You need someone. But all of a sudden, summer hits, and you think, you know, it's time to go and 
do your thing. Mm. So I, I just think it's like a, a grass is greener on the other side type of thing, and mm. it's hard to navigate through. But I'm pulling from maybe experiences from when I was younger. Like, I got a good one now, so it's not... Everyone always asks, like, are you guys all right? Like, when I drop these songs, I'm like, yeah, we're good. But, like, I'm pulling from, like kind of older things like that I went through in my early 20s and that probably a lot of the consumers are going through right now so you know but it's not age specific everyone goes through it how do you think that whole environment is in terms of uh the whole like dating scene nowadays or all these apps or whatever you said you got a good one there's a lot of temptations out there is that right or what there there is (laughs) there is man there is um there really is but I think that it's all a facade, you know? Um, we are in an era where we compare ourselves to everyone else more than ever because now we're able to see into everyone else's lives. But the fucked up thing is you're only seeing into their highlights. So you're, it's a highlight reel. you're seeing the best of the best. Then when you're going through the bad time, you're comparing your bad time to their best of the best time. And you're like, damn, I ain't shit. And it's a fucking, it's not real. And so I think that it's very confusing, and I think that that's why now that anxiety is on an all-time high, everyone's talking about depression and, and, and all this stuff, and I think that's because this shit is leading to that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. point-blank period. Yeah, because it's like even if you've got a good one, there's all these temptations to fuck up your good one. Yeah. And then, yo, it's re- it's very easy to get in a cycle of, like, just fucking yourself up in terms of with drinking and doing all these harmful behaviors. Once you're in a cycle like that, it's just hard to stop that, right? It's very easy. It's like... Have like, you been ever in a cycle like yeah, that? Of course. Yeah. And it, I, I like to relate it to, like, eating healthy. So, like, like I, I've been, like, consciously changing my diet. And then I'll go, like, strong for, like, a week, two weeks. And then I'll fuck up once. I'll eat, like one slice of pizza or something like that. Then it's, your attitude is pretty much like, well, I did that, so I might as well just keep going. Fuck it. Don't air. You'll keep going. So I feel like it's the same thing with, like, relationships or drinking. It's like, well, fuck it. I'm already drunk. I might as well keep... Fuck, might as well just keep it going. And it's just, you know, it's not true. I look at it as, like, picture a cut on your arm, right? And so when you have that cut, the less, the less you pick at it, the quicker it's going to heal. So if you just pick at it a little, maybe one day, you know what I mean? It's going to, that's all right. It's going to heal still. But imagine you pick at the cut and you're like, oh, fuck, I already picked at it. I might as well just go stab a new hole in my arm. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't equate. So just because you have a little slip up, you're only human, right? So Mm -hmm. I think it's like, just keep going on your path. Don't throw it all away over one little slip up, you know? Mm. And yeah, so how were those in terms of, uh, I guess as an artist, you know, you could be a, just a person who's not an artist just a, and go through these challenges. But now, what are the things that you have to balance as a musician? As a musician, um, my thing has always been, always, always, always been uh, live, drinking less on live performance. And I'm slowly trying to do that. And I, I'm slowly trying to do that. I did a show with, uh, usually, just because it's stage fright, right? That's the only reason. Like, it's just like, stage fight like I'm still I'm fucking 15 years in this shit and I'm still like yo I gotta have a couple of drinks just because it's what I've always done but you know what the crazy thing was I did a show in Dundas Square with Jordan like two weeks ago and we were late like when we pulled up he was already on stage 
So I had no time to like run to the bar or anything. And I stepped on stage and I did it completely sober. I was like, holy shit. Like shit was clear as fuck. My wind was good. I wasn't really like sweating. Like, and I was like, damn, like this is amazing. And so I think that that's a challenge because if you're an artist, you're going like the way we make our money is touring, right? Like that's the major thing you do. So if you're doing shows every night, what are you going to drink every fucking night? Am I going to drink every fucking night till I'm Eminem's age? Like, I know that's not realistic and it's not healthy for my body. So I'm slowly trying to wean my way off of that and, and not do that anymore. And I spoke to Snack the Ripper. I actually met him the first time ever, uh, like two nights ago. He invited me to his show. One of his songs came up on Spotify and I, just like, you know how it just goes random. And I heard it and I was like, this is just crazy. So I messaged him. I'm like, yo, that sounds crazy. He's like, yeah, whatever. We got to talking. He's like, yeah, I got a show. And it ended up being like a block away from my hotel. So I went to the show and we got to talking about drinking before shows. And he goes, I don't do it anymore. And he goes, it's way better. So, you know, coming from someone who's been there down that path, like it's something I'm definitely striving towards and that mm. I want to do, you know? Yo, thank you for that jewel right there because... Um if people don't know, if you're an artist, you have a rider or you can easily get the, this, this beer or liquor it's for free. free. Yeah, it's absolutely. Free. Imagine that. It's absolutely free. You have it waiting for you in your dressing room, which is whether it's a six-pack, 12-pack, 24-pack, or bottles. It's there. And you're waiting to get on stage, and those bottles are there. And what are you going to do? And... Not only you, there's people around you that want to take advantage of those drinks as well, too. So uh, being 100% sober, you, you realize how clear you can be as well, too. And um, I realized that very, very early. Um, I'll tell the story. Yeah, tell we, the story. we may take it out or whatever. It. Okay. Beginning the come-up show, like right in the beginning, right within the first year of starting the come-up show. Like, no, 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 no. I didn't drink. But... Um, uh, Belly was doing a show. This is in London. Belly was doing a show. This is, and we were. My boy stayed literally across the street, and my friend came over, had a a pack of Century Sam's blunts rolled up. So probably literally smoked at least one to two blunts. Yeah. And so this is still new in the interviewing phase. But then I got in a room after Belly was doing her show. I got in a room with Belly. He had this fine girl with him, and he had his whole crew. The room was quiet. I was high. And I still did a decent job, but I was fucking nervous, yeah. intimidated, n not very clear with my questions and thoughts. Yeah. And I was like, I am never getting high before I do an interview ever again because I want to be 100% so sober and like... Yeah. On it. Bro, the, the, with, the, yeah. with that, yeah. like, I could never... Never in my life smoke weed and do a show like. Yeah. If for me, like I think it's like certain people weed hits. You cut back on that, right? Yeah, I don't even smoke weed. Like yeah. if for certain people yeah. weed hits differently. Like if I smoke weed, my my heart is racing. Like I'm thinking paranoid. Yeah, yeah, paranoid. So it's like the only reason like I I went to the drinking is because. You know, uh, going on stage gave me that same nervousness as weed gives me. It's like paranoid, like, I'm, you know, there's that little anxiety. So it's like that shit killed all the anxiety. And so I'm like, okay, this is good. But you think in your head, I've learned that when you think in your head that you're doing good and you can't feel anything and it's all numb, you're actually not doing good. And when you have that little bit of nervousness, so in your head you might be like, oh shit, I'm stiff right now or whatever, like you have that nervousness. You think that you look bad, but you actually look better than when you were fucked up. And so I'm starting to learn that shit. Mm. 
Yeah. yeah. Yo, that's a va- very, 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 very valuable right there. Yeah. Uh, so this EP uh, is coming out on the last day of the summer. September 21st. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So um, I think a few years ago when I interviewed you, I think it was like during like King of the Dot weekend or something like that. You were in a hotel room. Do you yeah, remember that? Yeah, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, I think I wanted to get like an update or whatever. I believe that you were, were you working at a bank or something like that? Scotiabank or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, that would, I would have been working there at that time. And yeah. uh, yo, they, um, I think I wasn't technically fired, but they were like, you should go chase your dream. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 because like. What a nice way to say it. Yeah, because like, yo, when I, um. There was one week I was just in the studio late, late, and I slept in for two days, like in a like in a week. So I missed two days. And I'm like, oh shit! Like waking up, missed two days of work. Missed two days in one week, and, and and they were like, I've been there six years. They're like, what are we doing with this? Are you gonna go at this full time? And it was basically like, do you want us to do the whole thing and say you're fired, or do you want to go chase your dream? And it was like, basically, we agreed that I'm gonna go chase my dream. So, it wasn't, you know what I mean? And I feel like they kept my leaving, like, low-key. Because usually you get, like, the pizza party and all that shit. I got none of that shit. So, I feel like there was, like, maybe on paper I was fired, but they told me to my face, like, do you think you should go chase your dream? You know what I mean? So, I don't know how that went. But, yeah, I've never I've never looked back since, and I've been doing this music full-time since. And so, uh, and I think that was a blessing. Me sleeping in was a blessing because I think that you have to go all in on whatever your whatever your belief is and I, I don't think you can half-ass anything. You know what I mean? So, I, I think it's a blessing to be mm. honest. So, that's been about two or three years? Probably three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. Okay, dope. So, when it's, you're going all in, this is your full-time thing, what are the important things that you gotta focus on? You just, like, I find the hardest thing to do is that Okay, when you go to a normal job like Scotia Bank, you have a boss that's telling you like, if you show up late, it's like you're late, or if you or we need this done by this time. You know what I mean? So if you're if you're an artist and you're just your own business, nobody is telling you what to do ever. So it's really easy to be like, I'm not doing this today. I'm gonna sit upstairs and watch Netflix and order donairs. You know what I mean? So it's like, basically the hardest thing is like sometimes reminding yourself like, this is my like, I have to do this. Like, this is my thing. And, you know, sometimes you're not always inspired. And I'm not saying force it or anything like that. But it's like sometimes it's easy to fall into that loophole, that trap where no one's telling you what to do. And so it's easy to get off track. Mm-hmm. But you have to have a strong mind and remind yourself what you're here for and keep going, you know. That's a beautiful thing. And um, so I want to talk about a little bit about because, uh, you know, obviously a lot of artists listen to this and you're doing this full time. And I think that's a, a privilege and a blessing. Obviously, it can be very challenging, but not maybe not a lot of people are lucky to do that. Uh, what I want to talk about a little bit is like uh, you have a manager uh, who I know who does her thing. Uh, what, are, what are the important things that, you know, that that, you know, that she does for you? They're like, wow, if I didn't have her in my life, you know these things wouldn't happen yeah I think the, I think the, the the overall thing like rather than like counting or like naming the things I think the best thing the way to look at it is you need somebody that is as passionate like you know how passionate you are about the music mm. you need somebody who is equally that passionate about 
their shit. So I know that she believes in me just as much, if not more than myself. You know what I mean? So that's that's step one. You know, but, but, you know, having someone loyal, having someone you can trust, and someone who's hungry to climb just as much as you are. That's step one. And like step two, I would say is like, you know, probably funding. Like we're in Canada, we have all this funding. Like they don't have that shit in the states. They're like they marvel when I tell these people in the states this funding we can get. So like I think that's step two. You need actual funding behind your career to like put you know to put you at a certain level you have to spend money to make money and i think number three is just networking and 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 uh and you know she has me at every festival she has me at every show she has me at up at apple music and spotify meeting this one that one setting this up for me right now this interview you know she she just had my best interest at heart and like it's like i don't even know what i'm doing half the time like i just have to look at my calendar and she already has it in there you know what I mean? So it's like, I just think the most important thing is having someone you trust, having someone who is just as passionate about their craft, because management is a craft, as you are with your music craft, and having someone you could trust, and that's about it, man. Mm. You know what I mean? Keys, 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 keys. Yo, so uh, we were talking about the music, you know, the tracks, uh, so song name, uh, there's a self-titled song called Drinking Games as well, yeah. too? Yeah. You were telling me about there's a feature on there, What's who's... My man Earl B, man. Earl, Earl B. B. Who yeah. I've heard on this, I was like, oh, this guy sounds really... I thought it was Jordan. Jordan Croucher at first, but then no. But no. Which is a compliment because the guy has a dope voice. Yeah, no, Earl B is the man, bro. Um, Earl B is kind of like the secret weapon of Halifax scene. Like, Earl B has been around it just as much and as long as, like, me or anyone else. But he's kind of been quiet, just, like, slowly perfecting his craft. And now I feel he's at the point where it's just like he's going to blow people out the water. And he's talented as fuck. And the other thing is he's a fucking amazing guy. He's, he's one of the rare, like, genuine people in music that you meet that's, like, unselfish. And, like, like, he's really a genuine guy. And so I think with his attitude and his talent and his personality, I think he, he, the sky is the limit for him. Like, he can go wherever he wants. Okay, well, you're telling me he's at a crossroads. Yeah, yeah, I was saying he's at a crossroads, so it's fucked up because yesterday I had a meeting uh, with the radio team that I use for radio promotion, DMD. Shout out to DMD. Um, so they were, I've sent them the song with Jordan at first, the uh, July, and they were kind of like, yeah, yeah, cool, man, let us know what's coming next. Like, in a polite way, like, yeah, it's not going to work, you know what I mean, for rate, Top 40 Radio. And then I sent them the drinking games with Earl B. And they're like, yo, come in for a meeting to the office. Like, I go in the office. And it, it's, it's pretty inspiring because you see all they've done. Like, they do the radio promotion for... The weekend. Yeah, number of yeah. big artists. So you see all these plaques on the wall and you're sitting around and you're in this office and you're like, shit, like, is... You know what I mean? You're thinking, like, is one of my records going to get here one day? And that's the type of shit you're thinking. And they're like, yo, we love it. And we're like, who the fuck is this guy singing? They're like, this is amazing. Like, we love the story that he's coming from nowhere. And they loved everything about it. So I left. Everything was good. Smiles. We shook hands. So I call him. And the crazy thing is Earl B. kind of gave up on everything. He's like, I have to do something with my life and signed up for the Army. And so he's supposed to go to the Army on September, like four days from now. And I, t I called him and I came out at the meeting and I'm like, yo, like they want to take this to radio. Like they say it's going to work on uh, top 40 pop and like this shit might get on the billboard. Like, you know what I mean? Like this 
could be something good. And then he calls me back and he's like, man, like, should I not go to the army? Like, I don't know what to do. And then so now he's like at the crossroads and he's like never been more focused. He's working on new music. He's he's like in it now. And, and now it's like if he goes there, he would have to go to boot camp for three months with no phone, no anything. And then after that, he would get posted somewhere in like the middle of Ontario, nowhere. So it'll kind of be over. So I'm like, man, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your life. But it's like, bro, I think you should fucking I think you know, like you know, I think you should put that off for a minute and let's see what this shit does. I I told him very realistically like this is no guarantee. They like the song, it might not work. We might we might you know get the promotion and spend the money and maybe it doesn't work. So I'm like, but you'll never know if you don't try. And I want him to bring him on this tour and and do all these things and it's like you never know if you don't take that leap. And I feel like the army is always going to be looking for people. So if you go another year and say, I'm coming now, they're going to welcome you with open arms. They're not going to blackball you and say, no, we don't want you anymore. You know what I mean? They're always looking for people. So I don't know, man. But I, I, just, I just, yeah, it's tough. I just wish him the best because he has the most talent. He's a fucking amazing dude. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. He says he's going to make the decision on Monday. So we'll see. Why do you make music, Quake? Why do I make music, man? I just love it, bro. It's 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 like actually one of my loves, like the love of my life. Like when I first heard rap music as like a five-year-old, like here doggy style in my babysitter son's rooms, I'm just like, there's something about that that raised the hair on my neck and gave me goosebumps and made me want to do it. And man, I just think it's a love of my life and I use it for therapy as well like if there's ever something i don't know how to put into words or get off my chest or anything i just grab a pen and it writes itself and like like there's no better comforting feeling than that and then the better feeling even after that is when you get all your thoughts down and you put it out to the world and people message you and relate to you and say oh i'm going through the exact same thing like i feel you and and, and like there's no better feeling than that man so to me it's just it's, it's just a love of my life man that's why i do it it's a beautiful thing. And what are, what's recently in, been inspiring you? This does not mean it's like music related, just over anything. What's been inspiring? I always, I always get inspired by just day-to-day things. Like, so it might be something I see on a show on Netflix. It might be a conversation I overhear. It might be a conversation I physically have. I, I, I just find that, that songs are floating in the air all around this world. And when you have a mind like an artist, that's just how you think. Like if I'm if I'm talking to someone at the like the club or anything, they might just be having a conversation with me. But like to me, like I'm like it's making light bulbs go off in my head, and I'm like, okay, like this this could be turned into this. Like I'm always thinking from a work perspective. You know what I mean? So like that's basically what inspires me. And also, I want to say any underdog story because I feel I have the underdog story too and any any underdog story inspires the shit out of me like the movie Rudy yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time I need to yeah. fire it. like tears to the did you watch that again or something or no, I, just, I always watch it it's one of the ones I always go back to I gotta watch that yeah fire um, you know a key thing that I, I, I want to ask and see if you relate with uh, with what you just said but also earlier when we were talking about Eminem because people say yo Eminem's isolated he's not everywhere yeah. but also we're not going to specifically talk about her, but we're talking about, um, you're saying, yo, you're talking to people, and light bulbs are going off. Uh, 
of is it important to be out and about and be exposed and like just talk to people and be in the environment and then take it in? In my opinion, yeah. 100%. Because I've isolated myself plenty of times where I'll just close the world off to everyone and sit down in my basement and try to make music. And there's there's been plenty of times where I'll sit there literally eight hours a day and go through every beat in the world and and never write one bar. Like there's been weeks, months of that. And and I think that I think isolation is dangerous because the minute you bring someone else in, you're feeding off their energy. And the minute you go out and, and talk to someone, you're feeding off their energy and you're getting inspired. Whether you think you are or not, you are. You know what I mean? So I think that isolation is dangerous and I, I've definitely learned that because I've closed my whole shit off and tried to do that and it doesn't work. So yeah. Hmm. Yo, uh, is there anything else that you want to leave the people with, bro? Yeah, man. Um, just anyone who supports me, uh, God bless you. Um, this new project, I think, is special. It tells a story. And I think it's, I think, uh, as a project, and I think me in general, I just feel like there's no one else out there, like, doing exactly what I do and the way I do it. You know what I mean? Which it, is what? Which like just just my my general style like I just, I just don't think that I, I I can't like I don't think there's someone out there you'd be like oh Quake's trying to sound like this and I think we're in an era where it's very popular to follow what's going on and if you don't follow that then you know you're lost behind but like I'm in an era from where going left was cool if all the crowd was going right go left and so I just feel like you know it's something different that I'm doing and if you enjoy that. God bless you, and, and, and I, th- I thank you for your support. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. It's, it's different, man. It's different. Quake Matthews on all socials? Quake Matthews Spotify. on all socials. Spotify, follow me. Uh, MySpace, MSN Messenger. I'm just joking. But yeah, follow what me. What was your MSN Messenger email uh, address? Arab underscore Matthew. I had the professional one. I was trying to get a job, man. I had the... Arab? What? Arab underscore Matthew? Yeah. Uh, that Ma- was a professional? Uh, Arab underscore Matthew. My okay. name is Matthew Arab. So Arab underscore Matthew. I, I was trying to get the professional one. There was no like Pixie Stick 69 or none of that shit. You know, you know I was trying to do, be professional, man. Mine was Wode fifteen. Wode, what's up? Well, from the from the uh, like the juvenile shit. I was a huge fan of juvenile, like Cash Money and Lone Limit. And Yo, everything. did you ever see Baller Blocking the movie? If, uh, if you haven't, do yourself a fucking favor. It's like a movie. just die. It's like this. Uh, I'm not going to hate on the movie, but it's like, yeah. it's just the funniest low budget movie yeah. that they did back then. Yeah. Like, we used to kill the that. The things that are so bad, but you laugh along yeah. with them. You can't help but laugh. Incredible. Incredible. Baller blocking, man. <laughs> Yo, thank you, Quake Matthews, man. Yes, man. I, I you, appreciate brother. your time. Thank you, man. And keep going, bro. I, You know, the progress is happening. The beautiful yeah, things are happening. We're going to continue to build on this relationship. The come up show. Yo, that is my guy, Quake Matthews, on a Come Up Show podcast. The EP, Drinking Games, is out right now. Make sure you check it out. I'll, I'll link it on uh, the podcast description. If this is your first time tuning in, please subscribe to the Come Up Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Please, party, please. On Apple Podcasts, five-star rating and review. It makes a huge difference. I truly appreciate it, y'all. I'll catch you on next Wednesday. Peace.